I'm here with Jake Humphrey. Jake's my big brother, um, so he's uh, nice enough to do this for us today. But a little bit about um, what we're talking about today. This is the pilot, I guess, if you will, of um, a new show we're starting um, called The Road Less Traveled. So the unconventional ways to get from point A to point B, from youth to adulthood, um, how people have elevated um, through their lives uh, through different ways, kind of, you wouldn't expect. So when everybody's a young person, they're told, you got to do this, you got to do this, you got to do this. Usually it's college and then a career. Um, but what a lot of young people don't realize, there's a lot of pressure that comes with that. Um, they freak out. They don't know what they want to do. And we're here to let people know that it's okay. There's a million ways to do whatever you want to do. And you may not even know what you want to do yet. Um, Jake has a story like that. So with that, I will let Jake introduce himself here. Absolutely. And I appreciate you uh, thinking about me more so, John, and my story. It is, you know, um, as you put it, a road less traveled, so to speak, and somewhat of a unique path to, to get to where I am. So uh, again, my name is Jake Humphrey, and I am now the general manager of I-9 Sports, and I oversee an umbrella of six different youth sports franchises. And we are in the realm of putting on recreational youth sports programs. Um, for kids between the ages of three to 14 in a variety of different sports. And uh, again, we are centered around fundamentals, um, getting the kids out there having fun and learning how to play sports the right way. And, um, you know, kind of like John said, uh, I've been doing this for about 13, coming up on 13 years now um, in March. So um, I've been around the block with youth sports, so to speak. But Never in a million years would I have thought, had you sat me down when I was your age, <laughs> that I'd be sitting here um, running through 25,000 kids a year through youth sports programs. It was never, again, that path, that conventional path that you spoke of. Um, you know, even growing up for me, it was still that white picket fence, white American dream, college, going to undergrad, looking at postgrad, whether that be, you know, a master's type program, law school. And really following that stereotypical path, which was familiar in our family, um, you know, growing up. And so that was always kind of the push and the mentality through it. And, um, you know, going through school, <clears throat> you know, really for me, um, you know, came up, went through high school and then went to the University of Iowa for undergrad. And for me, it was always business school, though. You know, I was never um, wanted to go to business school and ultimately kind of saw that whole Again, stereotypical comfort path of the finance degree, going through the finance path, completing business school, um, you know, whatever, becoming an accountant, financial advisor, something along that path for me seemed pretty easy. Was there anything that attracted you about the finance path you're talking about right now at first, or you just didn't know a lot about um, it? And, or for, how'd that Yeah, no, good, good question. And for me, really what sparked my interest growing up more than anything where I found a draw in school was numbers. And so for me, numbers was always an easy thing. I enjoyed working with math, statistics, being around numbers and money. Um, so ultimately for me, it was kind of that path of, of maybe like sports agent kind of type of thing with my love for sports. Or maybe working up in towards the front end of a sports, um, you know, um, you know, like a baseball team with my love for baseball, maybe being in the front office of a baseball team and kind of doing something maybe on the finance side of that. Um, and then also, of course, the attraction of money. Uh, again, going back as I'm 35 now, my freshman year of college was the debut of Facebook, if that gives you an idea of kind of the social media trends of what's you know, popular and what you guys see so much nowadays. So my freshman year of college was the first year of Facebook. And so I didn't have as much of call it that social media pressure that you guys see, but it was still very regular of finance degree is a lot of money. You're going to be successful. You're going to live a very, very comfortable life. And for me, it seemed to be the easy path with my comfort for with money and numbers. So that was where I leaned that way. Um, and then, you know, of course, going through some of the classes and going through the curriculums and things of that nature, I started to learn, yeah, this, you know, nine to five, nine to, you know, whatever that might be, 80, 60, 80 hours a week of desk jobs, crunching numbers, bosses screaming over my head and this and that and, and, and due to some other situations, unfortunately, it just 
didn't really start to be the path for me. You know, as I got towards junior and senior year, I started to realize pretty quick of like, all right, yeah, I, I need to pivot here and made a pivot there going into my junior year from my finance major. I'm curious kind of what that realization is like. You've spent two years putting the work in, even longer probably thinking about it and planning it out. And then you get through your journey. And like a lot of people, you realize this isn't going to work for me because of whatever reason. This just isn't for me. Mm -hmm. There's a ton of people in that boat or they find themselves there at some point. So kind of what's yeah, that feeling absolutely. like? How do you deal with that anxiety or pressure? Like this is just completely different than what I thought I was going to do. Yeah, you know, it's it's one of those, to be honest with you, it's a few hard looks in the mirror. You know, it took a long, a lot of hard nights of thinking about it ultimately, you know, but, and I think a lot of people default to still going through that with that path because of the time that they've spent onto it. I don't think a lot pivot out of it. And I do think a lot of people are stuck in careers. Ultimately, they really don't love. Um, but I think that because of the time and money and energy they've spent into it, they're too scared to pivot elsewhere. And yeah, it was my summer year going into my junior year. I remember multiple conversations, not only with family and friends, but just trying to figure it out. And, and but ultimately sitting down with myself, looking in the mirror. And if for me, read a lot of books and do that type of stuff. And, and I wanted to do something that I loved. You know, that was the one thing that, uh, you know, you know, my dad, our dad, you know, uh, you know, uh, Mark Humphrey is a very successful trial lawyer. And I've always grown up with success in the business world and seeing his drive and his passion towards what he does. And not only my dad, but also my mom. And she was a, a teacher for 30 years. And she was extremely passionate about for what she did, uh, her love for her students, and seeing the passion within my family of their drive towards their careers. I knew for me, although it was some long looks in the mirror, and ultimately I was like, yeah, I'm not going to stick down this path of just, this is where I was, so I'm going to stay there. Because again, I knew I wouldn't be happy. It was something that ultimately wasn't going to make me happy and went back and then really had those hard conversations of what do I love? And that, that was sports period mm -hmm. of sports. And I wanted to figure out how do I figure out a love or a passion and a career around something around the sports industry. And so, so started diving into that. Sure. So I think you actually bring up an interesting point about um, like children with successful parents right there's a kind of a weird pressure that comes with that too you feel like you have to follow in your parents footsteps or your family's footsteps maybe you feel like ah geez maybe i'm not if this isn't working for me like maybe i'm not good enough like what's my family gonna think it's different for everybody but there is still a level yep. of pressure there coming from a successful family so and we'll talk about kind of your break from the path in a second but as you kind of see your path veer off from standard how do you accept that it's okay i'm not going to be a quote-unquote professional or operate in the same realm that maybe successful family members have because of that pressure how do you kind of accept that break and be confident enough to just move in your own direction it's tough it, it is tough because like i say even you know for me, the older brother too, as well, went through law school and, and kind of did that path where I was already to start going into undergrad, knowing that law school wasn't my thing. I started to deviate away from what is our, our family's, I guess, success story, so to speak, uh, you know, from the path that was kind of sort of pushed growing up. And there were hard conversations to be fair. And the parents weren't overly happy with taking that other path. But, you know, the biggest thing for me has always been a confidence thing, you know, for me is, the path or whatever it is that I've always chose to do in any direction, in any craft that that might be, whether it's work, whether it's sports, at home stuff, whatever, you know, I've always taken a, a, an extreme passion for what I do and took a lot of conversations for them to understand you got to trust me. And I just want more than anything. I just want you guys to trust me and believe in me and, and, and give me the, the grace that, hey, you believe in me. I don't want you to sit here and beat me down because I'm not taking your path. I want you to accept the path that I'm taking, take it under your wing as well, and help me be there for questions as I need. And again, those conversations were held off at times. There was some fight through some of it. Yeah, I told you, you know, going into that junior year, hey, I'm going to switch my majors now. I might need to add 
multiple more years of my undergrad now because of this uh, more money, more problems, potentially. Yeah. Oh, I told you, I told you, you know, if you would have stuck to this, you know, yeah, and this and those, those type of conversations, but um, you know, you gotta be, you know, ultimately a little bit thick skinned, um, and some of that and understand there's going to be a little kickback, but trust work through it and have the work ethic to prove them wrong in a sense too. There was a little bit of spite behind it too, for me of like, all right, screw you. I don't mean that in any derogatory way, but all right, you guys are going to doubt me in my path a little bit. I'm going to show you, I'm going to prove you're wrong. I know you don't trust it or see maybe my direction now but I'm going to continue to drive you through it, keep you engaged with it and show you where I'm going. So was there um, also the desire to prove it to yourself or did you already have the belief that you could do it? And that's why you felt confident moving forward. Yeah. I I've never on my end ever doubted myself in anything that I've done uh, for whatever reason, self-confidence is something that was, that was put on me very young. And I think with my success in baseball personally helped me grow that self-confidence as being an individual sport. You're really not successful based on a team. You know, you can, it's an individual based sport. So, so my self-confidence going into things was um, extremely high and also knowing my work ethic, you know, I hate to fail. Um, I'm an extremely competitive person and also hate to fail. And so knowing how hard I work at those things was a combination of a little bit of both of those things, or I also wanted to prove it to myself always. Um, because of the doubt from my parents, to some degree, there was a little bit of like, "Am I gonna? Am I gonna screw this up?" Sure. No, you know, but it, but it was still more confidence over that, and and that prevailed more than anything, and, and kept the path. You know, I kept the confidence boost and continued to trust myself through the process. Awesome. So I I think it's it's important that you bring up like something that gave you a lot of confidence as a kid, like playing baseball growing up you hear like sports activities, whatever you do as a kid, they translate to the real world. And when you're a kid, obviously you don't realize it. you're like, I'm just playing baseball. How is this going to help me when I'm a businessman or whatever? Oh, yeah. But it's important for people to realize that those skills do translate into whatever you're doing. If you're a confident baseball player, why can't you be a confident doctor or you you've yep. had that confidence your whole life doing a bunch of different things the arena is just different now, but it doesn't make you a different person. So it's really, I think, cool and important that you make that point. Like there's always things in your life that you can draw on to help you in the situation that you're in right now. Oh, um, and, you know, when you put, you know, and for me, even, you know, John, an analogy that helped me through a lot of these, even tough times being an entrepreneur as we get into more of the professional life. But, you know, with baseball alone, you know, look at the Hall of Fame, right? You know, baseball pretty well. Yeah. You bat 300, you bat three of 10, you're in the Hall of Fame. Now we translate mm-hmm. that to academics. You, you get three out of 10 on your quiz, you fail utterly. 30%. <laughs> you are not going to the Hall of Fame. Right, <laughs> right. And so, you know, I put that into perspective at times too of, you know, depending on the craft, it's like, you're going to get up, you're going to fail, but also you can't be perfect. And, you know, the perfection part is where it can hurt you at times and leveling yourself out, being realistic with the expectations um, and also understand where you're at. So I think that, you know, with the different things through sports, you can make a lot of analogies with real life, like you said, that really hard, start to make things more rational um, and start to make, make a little more sense to you. Absolutely. So talking about sports, let's get into yeah. your deviated path. So you start going to school, you think you're going to do finance, you realize it's not for you. You're a senior roughly in college. What happens? How do you get to yeah. I-9 now? What happened there? So, and and to be transparent, we're still a little bit clueless. You know, I, I switched my major <laughs> and double majored into, you know, business management, which is a relatively just default business school major, right? You know, it's kind of the default mm-hmm. route where if you don't really know what the hell you're doing, you go business management. I, I knew, like I mentioned, I wanted to do something in sports. So I turned around, I double minored um, in health and sports studies. In additional, when I was back, 15 years ago now they had it wasn't recreational sports study what they have now um it was more called leisure studies so i double minored in health health and sports study and then a leisure study as well to really work on more the recreational sports side of the world i guess so to speak Mm -hmm. um didn't really find a path through that you know again it's some back you got to finish some other classes so you're back kind of in the bottom of the realm bottom of the bucket and um 
swing back home um, over a holiday weekend. You know, swing back home. I'm in Iowa City, grew up in Des Moines, so about two hour drive back home. Swing home for a weekend and have a buddy give me a call. I'm sitting there having breakfast, and a good friend calls me and says, "Hey, you know, heard you're back in town, right? You know, yeah, back in town for a couple of days. Got to be back at class on Monday." And um, he's like, "Hey, we, I'm refing flag football. Don't really want to talk about it, Jake, but we had a ref call out." Are, can you come on out to ref like for four or five hours and help us out? The guy said he'll pay in cash. You know, it'd really help me out. You know, hey, whatever. Why not? You know, again, needed some side money for, for the weekend extravaganza coming up in Iowa city or something. I'm sure, you know, my junior senior year in college and it's like, why not? Let's go ref a football game. It seems easy enough. And so uh, went up the street, went to a football game and ended up refing five games that day. Got a hundred dollars in cash from the owner. Um, who had just started this new flag football league, AKA I nine sports. And um, honestly, for me growing up around competitive sports, it was the first time I had ever seen youth recreational sports done where a coach isn't screaming, kids aren't crying, walking off the field, you know, <clears throat> and that type of thing. That's just how I grew up with sports. And so I remember walking off those fields and, and that going through my head of like, Holy cow, you know, that was, that was just different. And um, the owner of the franchise, Jeff, uh, came up to me and let me know, you know, he gave me my money and, uh, hey, you did a really good job. You know, like, you're really good with kids. You did a great job on the field. You're articulate. You can talk with the parents. I know you're in college. It is what it is. But, uh, you know, anytime you're back here around Des Moines, I just opened up this sports franchise and would love for you to be a part of it. Love for you to come out and referee anytime you're available. Let me know. Here's my cell phone number. And... Really, from that day forward, um, there was some sort of spark in my mind of recreational youth sports and seeing what I-9 sports did. I started to really then go back to Iowa City, and I'm a big numbers guy, like I mentioned, and started diving in salaries. Uh, what type of career paths are there in youth sports? My mind was more so always centered around professional in my head. Mm -hmm. And so that youth sport mind, that kind of triggered it of, huh. Maybe there's some money here and maybe there's some options here because that was really fun. And so, you know, kind of just went through the the shebang and, and ultimately through the next year, kind of did some off gigs with him, continued to work for him on occasion when I was back at home. And I remember coming up to my senior graduation then um, at that point and uh, getting done graduating, moving back home to Des Moines, really with no career path. You know, great. I got my four year degree. I graduated in four years awesome what the hell am I going to do with this you know ultimately mm -hmm. I, I had no I had no path and so um came up to Jeff uh, the owner of this and said you know hey I'm back willing to do whatever and he's like you know well you know we just opened up you know whatever eight months ago you know I'm, I'm a tiny business you know small business owner <clears throat> I mean I have no full-time work whatsoever that's not an option for me but love for you to work on the weekends coming in on Saturday, Sundays, working for I-9 Sports, doing the thing that you're doing. And at the time, I'm like, yeah, okay, I have nothing. So I love it. I'll do that on the weekends. And I go and I find uh, another job at the time of um, Wells Fargo um, banker, um, front host. Going back to finance, which I told you I didn't want to do. Mm -hmm. um, I go back to Wells Fargo. I just get a banker one position sitting at the damn counter cash and checks and giving people their money that lasted about three months it was horrible for me um got out of that while still doing nine nine and then find a call position call center job because again i just needed money i needed something to get mm -hmm. going so i took a call center job um, for a company there in des moines and started co collecting debt as terrible as that is collecting debt with a four-year degree and i remember sitting there thinking multiple times like I'm making 32,000 bucks a year. Like, what am I doing? Like I have a four year degree and this is what I have to show for it. Going back the whole, like you get your degree, you're going to make all this money. Everything's going to fall into place. Yeah, exactly. get your, you get your degree here. I was six months out of having my degree. I can't, you know, the interview process is a nightmare to try to lock people down, you know, finding the career path, which I really had no direction on. It was tough. You know, like, again, I wanted the youth sports, but, I can't find anything in that industry um, that's not part-time or very minimal money. And so that, that sucked. And 
so I started, yeah, uh, debt collecting and still doing the I-9 full-time. And I got to about a year out of college. And I remember we got done with a day out on the fields. And I remember Jeff <clears throat> coming up to me and saying, hey, dude, you know, you're still killing it. You want to sit down and have beers? You know, at this time, I was 21. And so, you know, hey, you want to sit down and have some beers post-game? want to have some conversation with you and just talk about future stuff. And I'm absolutely sure. And so I uh, got done with those days, games or whatever. We went out and, uh, and had some conversation over some beverages and lunch. And, uh, you know, I remember just having the dialogue of, you know, you went for business management. I see what you're doing on the fields. My long-term goal is to purchase a lot of these franchises. And I think watching your work ethic, you haven't even known it. I've been watching you for the last 12 months really 18 months since you started with me their first day i want to build my team around you <clears throat> and i want to buy more franchises and you know the problem with this jake is though you know i don't know when i don't know where i don't know how that's my goal and you know really at that time you know he's now not only my partner as we'll continue on this but my mentor and i remember just trusting him you know there's something about the process that stuck with me I liked him I liked working for him and with him and I said you know I'm your guy I said uh, I'll continue to grind and do what I'm doing until you give me the full-time opportunity let's find it I'll work together and, and not only will I work together how can we partner in this I just don't want to be your employee I want to be a partner because I believe in this from the day I walked off and these kids weren't crying and I see yeah. what this brings kids. And so then at that point, um, you know, kind of opened that door for me. And it took about another six, eight, 10 months, give or take um, in there. And uh, then we found our first or what is his second franchise out here in Denver, Colorado. And I uh, was able to purchase that back in March of 2012. Uh, January, I guess, was when we purchased it, but uh, took over in March of 2012. Um, and really from there have slowly and steadily continued to build with each other and grow. And uh, we now have, you know, four franchises here in Colorado. We have Des Moines, Iowa, Kansas City, and additionally Orlando, Florida, which we have got rid of and sold recently. But I've gone through about seven different of these youth sport franchises and continue to just grow and build and have additional opportunity uh, within a network of people I've grown to love and an opportunity I never would have anticipated mm -hmm. years ago, you know, when I, when I uh, walked away with my, you know, with my diploma and, and all that stuff. So. So I want to talk to you about kind of that growth period, what, what that's like, but first um, I've experienced this as a college student, as you know, like I'm supposed to start law school in about six months. Um, yep. It's one of those things where you feel so close to your goals, your aspirations, whatever, yet so far away. So I want to ask you kind of, you're talking about you're just getting into this I-9 thing and you can tell mm -hmm. it's for you. You can tell it's what you want to do. But at the same time, you're also working these jobs that you hate. You know, there's no way yeah. around it. You You hate it. And so, and then Jeff comes to you and he says, you know, this is what I want to do for you, but when's it going to be? I don't know. So how do you kind of wrap your head around that every day where you wake up and it's yeah. like, shit, like I'm close, but you know, it just <clears throat> feels so unattainable oh, right now. Great. One simple answer is sacrifice, you know, is, is one that I always knew, you know, and through this process and, and not to go through it, there's um, I was able to do an interview on Fox News, um, on Fox and Friends on their Sunday morning live show um, out in New York City. And similar question was asked by Ducey, the host there, John. And, you know, my thing for that that kept me going through the path again was number one was sacrifice. Of, I, I always knew. Let me correct that. I started to realize that as I graduated that this path of graduate, get your money, move on, simple, easy, wasn't that easy right away. Yeah. And so once I realized that right away, I knew, all right, we got to get dirty. I am going to need to sacrifice. And I know that I am going to do things that I don't want to do, but I do need to be able to provide a living. 
got to be able to pay my student loans, my car loans. <laughs> I got to be able, I can't go into default here. And so mm-hmm. I've got to do things to get money, but I'm going to sacrifice because I see long-term objectives of where this could go or finding my potential within a career of these are small roadblocks to get to where I need to be. And it's, again, it's not this cookie cutter path that I thought it was going to be, unfortunately, but I got to sacrifice to get there and I got to trust the process to do so. So, mm-hmm. um, a combination of that stuff led me there, you know, that was the biggest thing. And, and, you know, the other part going back to my interview is that as how they answered that is I never thought, I never put doubt in my, I never thought I wasn't going to find what I wanted to do. And the other thing that I also realized is with call it the Jeff connection that I started to form and some of the called side side gigs that I started to make money off of or be able to do was all centered around and based around connections that I was able to make based on my social skills, my public speaking skills that I was able to grow during college um, and ultimately just gain throughout my life, you know? And so for me, I started to realize rising as well is I need to work connections more than I need to worry about this piece of paper here that says I have a four-year degree from the University of Iowa. This really doesn't mean shit. And with that, once I realized that, it was like, now I need to get out and make connections more. And so those dialogues, as I mentioned, the one that I had with Jeff, it wasn't just out of the blue, you know, as, as I made it maybe seem. There's so many more steps along this process that made it what it was. But, you know, I remember having multiple dialogues with him and challenging him, you know, what about what if we do, you know, what about this? What about that? You know, and and those type of things and starting to build connections around town, talking with other people. Have you thought about that? You know, and again, ultimately led me to the full time career. And so it's not necessarily everything on paper that, you know, go out and build connections, grow young professional groups to be able to get places and build place or, you know, use senior resources of people in these industries that have been doing it multiple years. They know it the best, go out and meet them, learn them, find the professionals in what you want to do, learn from them, mm-hmm. go out and do it yourself, you know, um, because uh, the people that are most successful within their industries are more than willing to share their knowledge. You just got to be willing to go out and find it. Yeah, that's excellent advice. I've experienced the same thing myself. So I want to talk a little bit about kind of the grind of going out to Denver and starting because uh, I was maybe eight, nine, 10. I don't know how old I was when you left, but I remember the night that you packed up your car and you said goodbye to us and you drove out there for me on the outside. My life didn't change immensely, obviously, and we didn't get to see each other a lot for the first few years. But when I did hear about you, essentially, all I heard was success. Oh, the numbers are now registrations are up here. You just bought this franchise, whatever. I had no idea how hard it was for you until you were telling me about a year ago or so. So walk me through a little bit. You just packed up your car. You're heading out to a new city with essentially, you know, not much. Um, And you're charged with growing this brand new franchise what what is that grind like and i know you talked about sacrifice but it has to take immense just discipline and focus to be dedicated to that grind and throughout that process did you ever reach a point where i'm sure at first maybe you had your your reservations about how successful you'd be or whatever but do you remember the moment when you were like this works like i'm good yeah, and it didn't come until about year three um, was what it took me. And be transparent, it was terrifying, terrifying. Um, I was 22, just turned 22 or just over 22. I'm turning 23 and um, not knowing a soul. Knew nobody that lived in Colorado, no one that lived in the, in the surrounding suburbs of Denver. So I had no connections out here. Moving to an area where... What I do is somewhat based, you know, with youth sports now of going into this career, I need to know the community. I'm working with kids and their parents. I need to know demographic of an area I knew nothing about, (laughs) an area I've never visited too much, you know, so it was terrifying. And so 
the also thing though was going into it though before i agreed to move across the country i had to be passionate about going back to the beginning conversation you know a while back of finding something i was pat i was passionate about this business and its philosophy and what we were doing for the kids before i agreed to move out here you know and ultimately i came after my first shift of it but willing it into a career i believed in the company prior to moving out here you know i had that faith in it and i went out here and we had road bumps there was reservation eight months in when some of the numbers weren't quite as green all the way up that you thought they were going to be as quickly because i'm going to come and just run these leagues like there's no problem and i'm going to get nine thousand kids tomorrow that's easy well it's not that easy and so there was a lot of self-reflection again going back to that and tough times tough nights of having the conversations and dialogues with jeff and 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 i go back to him being not only my partner but also my mentor through this because he guided me you know for him i was lucky enough also to have somebody where my partner went through this and opened up a franchise in Des Moines for the first one. He gave up a, a job where he was making the most money he's ever made in his life. Um, you know, a high six figure paying job. He saw the vision of this. He quit that job, had two kids under the age of three and a wife. And he believed in that vision. And he was able to talk me through some of those, those difficult times, luckily enough for me, um, as a partner where there are going to be some rough times, I was able to have those open and honest communications with him. And he's able to talk me off the ledge of understanding of Jake, you know, you got to understand there's different things that impact our, our profession, whether it's, um, you know, even just now talking inflation and the rising costs of even fuel, you know, well, my parents drive to the fields to get to and from these sporting events. And when, gas is so high and they're they're worried about getting a grocery tab paid you know 180 sports league you know there's different things again that impact our league that can ultimately impact registration numbers and so to be able mm -hmm. to talk me through those things and realize that hey it's always like again i went in this mind where i had a few good months and i thought every single month of this business all the time is always going to be green i'm going to grow the business by 50 percent every month i'm awesome well that's not the reality of business you know, there are some of those, but again, you hear about these stories all the time that come public or Shark Tank or these other entrepreneurship kind of shows or, or things that you hear about. It's always these amazing growth numbers with such a short period of time with like the snap of a finger. And again, kind of like when I realized coming out of college that, okay, my resume doesn't really do me shit because the business management degree is worthless. Um, kind of like coming out here, um, you know, it, it was to some degree, a little bit of the same correlation um, with that for me. And so a lot of hard work, a lot of tough nights, but uh, really ultimately pushing through it and seeing a vision and a passion for what I trusted in and putting the work in and never believing that I wasn't going to succeed within this because of how passionate I was for how what we were doing for the community and helping the kids. And at the time, half of entrepreneurship, as we're somewhat talking, though the road less traveled, going back to the name here, it's all about timing, right? You hear that a lot in Shark Tank and, and uh, when you create an idea or uh, whatever, it's a lot of it's about timing, right? Um, me within youth sports and being able to become a part of I-9, it's, it's now been, uh, we're coming up on 18 years as a company overall and now I have over 270 franchises across the country. Um, but, but with that, you know, yes, I kind of lost my train of thought there. I apologize, John. You know, but with that, you kind of, you start smaller, you know, and, mm -hmm. and I don't really know where I was going with that, but, um, yeah, I apologize. No, it's okay. I think, um, it's, yeah, I don't know. I, I think there's something to be said for, um, you know, it's really, well, kind of the theme we've talked about, you know, you got out of college and you're like, okay, well, clearly I don't just get a degree and get a job. And then you are starting a business, you're involved in this, the creation of a business. And it's like, oh, okay, I guess sales don't go up every single month. And so it's, it's, um, it's important to realize that. And I think it's um, important for somebody to say, yeah, I'm incredibly successful now, but like, I promise you, 
essentially it never goes according to plan. It's never going to go how you think it's going to go. You're going to have to adapt. You're going to have to learn, but that's okay. Don't freak out at that point because that's okay. You got to trust the process. You got to trust the process to some degree and understand there's going to be failure. Um, There's going to be failure in this, in this industry Um, in any business, any career, any path that you do, you're going to have failures. And the biggest thing too, as well is to be open-minded enough to see them and not close-minded to not see outside of that box and be willing to change. You know, uh, when you do have tough months, tough times, be willing to reflect and see, what am I doing? What's going on? Why isn't the numbers where they are this month to last month and reflect and see and willing to grow from that? Try different things out. Let's go a different route. All right, let's deviate here because this really... Maybe it was real, working really good last month, but not this month. Okay, let's try something else, you know, and, and also know that there's different paths to that success. And again, like you said there, it's not always right the way you might have it written down in your planner or, you know, in your business plan and your execution that you're going through. There's going to be curves. There's going to be road bumps, um, but it's fighting through those, growing from them, learning from them and continuing to fight through them, you know, um, and to continue to stay passionate and believe in what you're doing. That's awesome. Um, I just have a couple more questions for you. Um, yeah, you're good. One, we mentioned you move out to a new city all alone. You don't yeah. know a soul. Obviously, that's terrifying for anybody, if we're just being honest with ourselves. I mean, that's scary, uncomfortable situation. As you're going, you're going through these, you're going through these years, you're putting in the work, you're putting in the hours. How, I want to make sure I ask this the right way emotionally how do you keep yourself in check you're alone maybe you're scared whatever everything else is going on there's kids every single year move to a new city for a job a lot of them come home because it doesn't work out how do you emotionally stay comfortable and and just stay committed it's a loaded question and and easier said than done for a lot of people you know a lot a lot easier said than done for sure um based on personality type, you know, but for me, if you're moving into a situation like I was, you have to be willing to get out and you have to be willing to socialize. You know, if you do stick inside your apartment, your house, whatever you're, you're living in, and it is just you, you go to work eight to five, nine to five, whatever you're doing, come home, make dinner, go to bed, go to work. You create no outside life or, you know, create no outside really world. You're in trouble. Because again, going back to my original thing with, with way, way back is, is creating connections. So if you're moving into a new city, the most important thing for me too, as well as creating connections within the city. And if I stick at home and become a, a you know, a turtle, weasel up into my shell, I'm not going to grow any, I'm not going to create connections. Um, because again, any business world is all about growth and connections, whether you're moving up and down in the, in the corporate world, you're in the law, you know, law world. It's all about, again, creating connections, creating relationships and growing and learning. So my biggest thing for me was, again, getting out, finding young professional groups around things that I love, around the sports industry, around youth. Um, Again, so I'm relating what I love around people that love to do what I love to do. So, again, finding people like minded like me that helped everything and rationalize some things. And then again, also along the way, it created some friendships. So then again, I, I now created a social life as well out here. So my life isn't just revolved around my work. And I think mm-hmm. that that's very important is, is also with this whole thing is, yes, it's all about a grind. Yes, it's about sacrifice. Like I mentioned, it's also about a balance because if you overwork yourself, you're going to burn yourself out. And so being able to create that balance um, is very, very important as well. And finding things outside of your craft or outside of your professional life to be able to balance your life out. So your emotions do stay in check because if it is 24, seven, 365 work, you're going to get in trouble. You're going to go down a rabbit hole uh, of depression, um, you know, and frustration because you're just trying and working way, way too hard. And that's not what life's about. So, you know, again, really having that balance is extremely important to keep the emotions in check for sure. <clears throat> so essentially you're saying you got comfortable in an uncomfortable situation by putting yourself in more uncomfortable situations. Obviously Absolutely. it's, it's nerve wracking yes. to put yourself out there, and, but it is what is required. If ultimately you're going to make your new situation yeah. work. 
One hundred percent. And and in the business world, again, it's connection. So that's you have to put yourself in those situations to be able to meet the people, to have the conversations that you feel like, or you know, maybe in your head that little voice is telling you that dude, that dude, or that lady, or that boss, or that GM, that owner, they'll never, they'll never give you the time of day. Are you kidding me? You got to have that drive to go through it and trust the pro again, trust it mm -hmm. a little bit because these people will have dialogue with you. And then you're going to open up doors that you didn't even know existed, <laughs> you know, uh, mm -hmm. tons and tons of more opportunity starts to come when you start to create those connections. So you're right. Yes. More uncomfortable gotcha. situations to ultimately get to even more than comfortable situations and long-term success. Sweet. So um, I want to talk to you really quickly um, about kind of how you find yourself impacting the community, because yeah. I know you don't have kids, but you've served on the school board. Are you still on the school board in your community? I, I sure am. We had a four and a half hour meeting this morning. Yes, <laughs> I am uh, six years and running on the Douglas County School Board down here. Um, there so, you yes. go. I, I think um, that's cool just because it shows it's kind of related to your career, obviously, in that you're renting out venues for schools and whatnot, but also it's, it's a completely unexpected way to have a positive impact in your community. And just because you're not a teacher or a parent or whatever, doesn't mean you can't utilize your skills to help just like anybody um, sh should have no reason to have reservations <clears throat> about putting themselves out there and, and taking kind of unconventional or unrelated ways to positively impact their communities. Yeah. You know, um, it load interesting way. I don't really know the best way to answer that, but you know, how do we impact the community and how have I found, found unique ways to do so? One being the school board, like you mentioned, and you know, the, the career path with youth sports is indirectly I'm providing a service to the community for what I call is one of the two things of most important to families. Number one being their money, sadly, number two being their babies, their kids. And so, you know, I have the luxury of dealing with moms and their babies and providing a service to them that is extremely valuable in their mind uh, to the growth of their children. So just alone by me providing our youth sports leagues, camps, clinics, being on the recreational side, I believe our leagues are teaching kids far more on an academic level, on a personal level, on, on, on an ego bench. Like, you know, again, we focus on sportsmanship values. You know, we have different elements to our league that's not just playing football, playing basketball. Uh, so being able to grow kids at a younger age, we started age three and be able to instill these values within these children at a young age and to teach them more about life than just sports, winning and losing, how to win the right way, empathy, how to lose, you know, again, you're going to lose in life. Welcome to it. And, you know, but how do you handle that and handle it the right way? So I got a unique, uh, you know, perspective of being able to work with the community that way. And then, you know, for me, it's even a step further for me is with that is, yeah, you know, I got involved with, with the school board yeah, a little bit to help out with the venue side, of course, because we run our leagues at the fields. That was already taken care of before I decided to join that. And, and I don't have kids, but I saw the underserving of the community from our school district and just that there wasn't a voice coming <laughs> that I felt like was rational and real from a community business owner perspective and um was able to land that and, and be able to work with and i provide what is a again a, a unique voice and perspective of the school board because very few people if you go around the school boards in the in the country will you find anybody on the board who doesn't have a child how can mm -hmm. i relate to the school district if i don't have a child i've never put somebody through the school district no i haven't but i've served as pto president you know without even kids at 16 different schools over the last 10 years you know, I, I'm a, I'm a SAC member president, I, you know, district area committee, you know, member. And so I've been able to, to work my way in of showing that I am passionate about these kids. And although I don't have one, I'm very, very heavily involved and worried about the future of these children and growing them the right way. Um, and so it is something that along with my career path, I'm extremely passionate about the growth and the youth of these kids, because it's a scary time. <laughs> mm -hmm. Um, for me and um and so seeing some of the things that go on right now within our community alone just try to help out the best that i can and you know to be able to provide a uh 
a safe atmosphere for kids and parents um, sure. to serve them within the community. So sure. not sure and if I, I really you, your question no, the best way, but um, that's kind of the, you know, some of the ways that I've got back with the community and feel, you know, the I nights are extremely rewarding seeing the growth of these kids and seeing them mm -hmm. grow from age three to age 10. Um, and then some of them get done with the league and then they start refereeing at age 15 for me. And then they graduate high school. And now my full-time director in Denver worked for me for six years uh, through high school, through college. And now he's my full-time employee. And so seeing that kind of just mm -hmm. growth pattern and working with all these kids, seeing them grow, not only on the younger level, sports wise, maturity wise, but then also on an employee standpoint of employing over 200 high school kids in the Denver Metro and being able to see those kids grow, you know, be a mentor to them. Like Jeff has been to me, see them mm -hmm. work through college, see them grow and be able to then ultimately provide back where, you know, I've got five and a half, I want to look at five and a half full-time employees in Denver of all which who have worked for me uh, to some capacity through high school and college. And so, it's fun to be able to give back that way too. of mm -hmm. find something you love. It's what I always tell them. And if you feel like I nine was that as you go through your career path, come back to me because that's how I was. And that's ultimately why I landed where I am. And, and now I have five of five of those guys um, underneath me that uh, fell in love with it the way that I did. So it's pretty cool. So that's awesome. So kind of speaking of that growth of um, the young people in your community, last two questions. Um, if you could give 22-year-old Jake one singular piece of advice, one sentence of advice, what would you give him? Ooh. Man. If I could go back 15 years and tell myself one piece of advice, it would probably be You know, I try to feel like I talk through all positivity through this whole call, you know, and I go back. No, and it's it okay. Be, I understand. You know, it would be more, you know, like I said, you have your self-doubt. You have your your your, your reservations coming through such a, a financial risk. You know, some of the things that I've been through um, with mo buying multiple franchises and the risk that comes with that, not only financially, um, but emotionally with it all. Of Again, never doubting what what you fell in love with for me is like. I fell in love with it and I risked it all to move out here for a reason. Don't ever doubt it. You know, there's a reason I fell mm -hmm. in love with it. And there was some of those days that were really hard where that doubt and some of those tough months really, really made it tough where, you know, it's a 12,000 a year salary. You know, it, it's ramen noodles every night. And it's yeah. like, Oh my Lord do I go back to just getting 20 bucks an hour being a banker sitting at Wells Fargo again? And I at least get 38,000 bucks a year, you know, like crap, you know, did I make the wrong decision? And so there was definitely some of that. So I think the biggest thing that I would have is trust your self-confidence and your work ethic. Like you had all the way up to this point. Don't let any of those self doubts really start to pull you back from your dream. Um, because if you let some of those self doubts get to you, and not take that growth mindset approach, so to speak, and get yourself in trouble. And so I was lucky enough, you know, to have the advice and the peers around me to really help boost me up and not go down those rabbit holes. But without some of that guidance um, and that direction through this process, you know, with my dad owning his own business for 35 years and, and going into bankruptcy, you know, and having difficult times himself financially and some of those decisions and being able to use him as a sounding board and even Jeff with his family and, and multiple other peers that I, that I rely on to, to get me back balanced was the biggest and most important thing. So it'd be going back on that and having a little more self-confidence through that stuff and not doubt yourself, trust it. You know, if you go in a hundred, go in a hundred and don't cope, don't pull back to 75 just when shit gets tough, you know, just mm -hmm. when things get tough, don't, doesn't mean you need to pull back. And doubt and immediately pull the reins the back because, um, you know, again, everybody fails. So you got to be able to, to grow and learn from those failures and keep moving forward and trust the process. I mean, that's perfect. That's a pretty good way to wrap it up. I was, I was going to follow <laughs> that up with what would you say to somebody else? But it sounds like what you would say is don't give up on your dreams. Stick with it because it's worth it. 
Yeah, you know, for the most part, and, and I think probably my most, you know, that's the pretty generic, call it book answer. You know, you see in all these, uh, you know, how mm -hmm. trust yourself, stay positive, blah, blah, blah. Easier said than done, right? Yeah, so I'd go back to my Fox News interview and probably leave it on my quote um, uh, with the, the youth out there that are your age going into a scary world right now is, uh, and this career path and whatever that might be is, again, it's not what you know, it's who you know, trust yourself go out and find some connections. You're going to have a great career. Um, don't trust your piece of paper all the time. It's not necessarily always going to lead you down that path of success. It's not what you know. It's who you know. Build a connection socially because so much of your guys' communication is based around text message, direct messages on Instagram, Twitter, TikToks, whatever the heck you guys are on nowadays anyway too. Being able to socialize face-to-face -face and create connections is such a lost art. So my advice would be don't lose that connection of being able to speak, build connections through social skills that will take you in your career path tenfold farther than a piece of paper or some other bullshit. That's the most important thing that I, that I would push through this um, or have advice that's actually real. Because um, again, you can be positive, you can have your self-reflections, your goals and all that. And that's all great stuff, which I do every day. But ultimately... Build your connection base, build a pool of people within your industry that you trust that can help you grow um, to the best of your ability and to the biggest of your potential while also opening the light to maybe some, some areas and some opportunity you never even knew existed. Mm -hmm. That's great because ultimately if you do that, you can take the road less traveled like you have. So ah, there we go. That's a good segue. I like it. I like that right there. <laughs> there we go. That's all I got for you. Thank you so much awesome for sharing stuff. everything and sharing your time yeah. with me. Um, I think there's a lot of good stuff in there. A lot of good. You're not old yet, but there's some good wisdom Man. coming there. So hopefully some people can uh, tap into that and take a little bit from that. But thank you so much. Fair. Absolutely. Appreciate you thinking about me having me on. If you ever need it, give me a count back. We're always willing to come on and chat some more. Take some live calls, you know, anything like that. If we get that far, that would here, be sweet. Let me know. You know, I'm always willing to take stuff like that or anything. So appreciate it. Loved it. And uh, let me know if anything else comes up. Absolutely. Thanks, Jake.